record go and we are live once again awfully quiet out there today today's workout challenge modified murph more cases fewer testing stations how does that work out graham hancock and randall carson ancient civilizations hmm a little bit skeptical about this but kind of does that beg the question when will we go organic Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky, folks. Hope you are doing well. And end of the week, and I would be happier. Um, I'd, I'd be celebrating along with you for those of you who also have a five-day work week. Uh, if I had a five-day work week, I don't. Uh, I, I work again tomorrow, and then tomorrow night I have uh, managed to volunteer myself into a uh, um, video shoot for a, a friend and colleague here and so we're going to be uh, doing some video work uh tomorrow night. i have some new toys and that's why i'm gonna uh, offer to do some work uh for him i'm gonna try a few different things I'm gonna try out these dji mics might even bring the green screen we'll see it seems uh be kind of fun just to play around with it see uh, what we can get done uh but uh, that's all tomorrow so all it means is that um although it is friday night and uh many people like to let loose I have to be in bed in about an hour and a half, so uh, I can get up early tomorrow morning. Uh, busy day again. Was able to get both of my workouts. The second workout wasn't actually so good because, uh, or wasn't. I didn't do a run today in the afternoon uh, because I had to go get tested for this virus that just won't leave us alone. Even though the politics are. Uh, out of the country and they're flying around and their jets and everything uh, maskless and everything uh, we the plebs are here and many people are facing lockdown now um, not only that uh, most of Chaoyang or so, several parts of Chaoyang which is the area that I live in uh, is being shut down uh, and if it's not that then the bars and the restaurants at least are getting shut down because there are rising cases but fewer testing stations how does that work? <laughs> so, one of these articles that was published today is like, in order to uh, meet the demand, uh, the city has decided to shutter several testing locations. Going, uh, but um, why was it? What? <laughs> why was it before when there was a rise in cases, there were more stations deployed, but now not? Hmm. So I had to wait for uh, 15, 20 minutes in line. This is, I haven't done this in like months six, seven months, whenever there was, I guess it was uh, February, maybe March of this year, when there was sort of mandatory testing throughout the city or throughout the district, um, when there was that power struggle, I mean, uh, uh, district shutdowns and stuff like that back in March or whatever it was here in Beijing and Shanghai. But uh, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, it seems like the uh, restaurants, uh, bars and restaurants will be closed. Uh, I'm told that the mall next uh, nearby uh, won't be able to eat in either. So not like it really affects my plan since, uh, again, I work tomorrow and I got a video shoot uh, tomorrow night. Although the video shoot tomorrow night might be affected by this uh, because several of the people who are involved might or might not be locked down. Um, and even still, I had since I had to get tested, I hadn't been tested in six days because they kept on shutting these things down early so then they were shutting them down randomly so finally i got uh, tested again excuse me and was able to um restart the counter on my wechat health code app but it is awfully quiet out there as I'm just during work today working from home i've got my headphones on we're uh, doing a you know good old computer um uh, 
client meetings and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, it seems kind of quiet outside. But what's going on? And lo and behold, the generator isn't on. The, and I, I did kind of notice this earlier this morning. Uh, but sometimes they sort of delay turning it on. So you, you never really know if it's like not going to be open or if it's a delay or whatever. But it wasn't on at all today. So it's quiet. Like you can hear it right now. Sorry, you cannot hear the generator. You can hear the silence. This is this is room tone right here. Beautiful, isn't it? I mean, this is this this is what I paid rent for many years ago. I remember that, and that generator destroyed my silence, my peace and quiet. Uh, but uh, I guess the school wasn't open, and uh, although in in the generator's place today. Uh, building management decided to uh, ventilate the stairwell. And so what they do is they do this. I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason for it. And I'm sure people who might be a little bit more familiar with how, um, like, keeping airflow going through a building. Here in China, there is no central, uh, like, we have a central heating system, which goes through, I think it's heated by water. And they run through the pipes and they go back into the system, right? Uh, but there's no sort of ventilation system in the building, in the apartments themselves. In the hallway, I was sorry, not in the hallway. Uh, well, in the hallway and in the stairwell, they have vents. And it's you can tell what they did is they built the stairwell and they put the vents on both sides. And that's it. And so there's just these two towers of uh, vents that go right up through the stairwell. And I guess what they do is that they either blow air up. Or I'm guessing they're blowing it up. I hope they're not blowing it down into the parking lot or parking garage. But they blow it up. And so as a result, uh, as the air goes up, it uh, clanks these vents and everything. So that went on for like six hours today. And that didn't shut off until 3.30 or so. So in, in place of the generator, we had this uh, ventilation system. Um, yeah, don't, I just sound like an old man complaining about this. Well, I think it's, you know, these are things that you, you wouldn't experience uh, you wouldn't know about unless you lived here sort of thing. It's kind of like, if I, I mean, I've never owned a house, so uh, you could complain about housing problems to me, and I honestly wouldn't know what you're talking about because I've never been in that situation. Uh, but um, the generator being outside, the ventilations uh, inside, you know, yeah, it's kind of nice. Why can't there just be more quiet places in large cities, right? <laughs> Today's uh, workout was a bit modified. I've uh, voiced my concern about uh, doing this Murph challenge. So the Murph challenge, one mile run, and then pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, and another one mile run. Now, uh, I, for the last couple of weeks, since it's gotten a bit colder out there, I didn't want to be... Uh, first of all, I, I used to do this on, the, uh, on a tree branch outside, all these pull-ups and everything. But at the beginning of September, it seemed that it was throwing out my back. And so instead of... Um, you know, figuring out how to do them better on the tree. As I was like, you know, why don't I just come? Out? Why don't I just come back inside where I have a pull-up bar inside my apartment, and that way I can just do it here, right, uh, in in the warmth rather than outside on the concrete and in the cold. The problem with this is that uh, I do my regular two-mile run or jog warm up, then I do a one-mile uh, part of the challenge, and then I have to do these rounds. Now, these rounds, I mean, as you can imagine, you're getting sweaty uh, and everything. If I come inside, I'm not doing the rounds with all my winter clothing on, so I'm taking them off. And then I'm, 
if I were to go back outside, I'd have to put them all back on. You can imagine being all sweaty, uh, going from a warm apartment down into the cold again. This is kind of where I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if this is the, the best idea uh, to be doing this. Is there something I can do instead? Not only that, not just the weather, it's the timing. And this this was sort of one of the other big things is that making sure that I could get fit the, the timing in before I started work at 8.30. And it's, you could, you could argue, well, Steve, why don't you just get up earlier? Okay, there's, there's one, but I'll tell you, it's... <laughs> I, I just haven't been able to get up earlier. For some reason, it's 6.25 now. Is, uh, that's when uh, I'm able to actually get up and get going. It used to be 10 to 6, but something shifted, and I, I just uh, it's very difficult for me to get going any earlier than that. Um, and so that being the case, I, I swapped out the last mile run. So instead of doing that, uh, the, that mile run afterwards, instead, I decided to do burpees so the the idea being here was that instead of running for that 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 second mile or that fourth mile i guess like the mile after the rounds typically takes about eight minutes 30 seconds nine minutes 30 seconds around there right so i'm like okay well instead of going for a run i will do burpees for the full time duration that it would take me to run one mile um this was a very good idea actually the original idea was going to be do burpees alternating between doing 10 burpees and 10 kettlebell swings after I got through the first 10 burpees, I'm like, I am not swinging that thing in the apartment. <laughs> like, it just was one of those realizations where you're kind of going, um, there's an idea you have, and it's a very good challenge, but let's keep in mind what your apartment mostly is, and it is not. It is not mostly a gym, and if that kettlebell goes flying, you will wreck your floors, which will be a very expensive mistake, and or hit something else and break it. So, and this has sort of been my other issue with working out inside uh, during the, the winter months. You know, as I as I set up this other electronic stuff that I have, uh, it gets a little bit. This place becomes more of a, an office rather than a gym. And how could I modify it? I mean, I guess there are ways that I could, you know, move some stuff around, uh, but I've got limited space to work with, right? So, anyway. The burpees. Did I get through them? Well, I lost count after about 40. I don't know. I was doing well doing 10 every minute or so. Uh, and I was kind of thinking that, you know, if I did 10, I could have a break. But as burpees go, and it's kind of difficult to do that many burpees, at least for me, because I haven't done burpees in a very long time. Um, towards minute four, definitely by minute five. I mean, I wasn't even counting. I was just kind of hopping. There was some that I was crawling back up from the uh, the floor. You know, you know, you're supposed to do a, a push up, and there was like I was just kind of snaking upwards. I'm going, okay, we'll just, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll use all of the limbs to get up and just drag them along the floor. Make sure I can get up nice and safe, uh, and not just fall over again. Uh, but that went on for nine minutes. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was not easy. I actually got to the. I was actually thinking, you know, it would have just been easier to go for a run but all that being the case I was able to and what one of the other reasons I wanted to do this modification wasn't just to to spare the running and the being cold was that so after this workout I could spend five ten minutes stretching out which is something that is sometimes difficult to do uh in this sort of compressed time that I have on on work days like this when I'm doing this challenge uh so I was able to get another 10 minutes of stretching in, uh, and that was good. So I you just feel a little bit better having done it rather than 
going in from uh, coming in from a uh, an intense workout like that and then getting right into the to, to work uh, so it's yeah so it's a judgment call but I like to get some stretching done if I can all that being said I mean feeling pretty good uh, don't um, feel sore after this workout like if you're wondering like how do, how do I do it do I feel sore that's not the workout that makes me sore it's the, the workout that makes me uh, sort of sore afterwards is on Friday afternoons I do this typically I would do another run if I didn't have to go get this NAT test but then I do these slow movement weight liftings and I mentioned earlier this triphasic training idea where you you stack Friday being your heavy day so that your body recovers Saturday, Sunday, and then by Monday, when you're ready to go for your workout uh, schedules again, it's a lot easier. Your body has adapted, uh, and it's a lot stronger uh, going forward. So that was the idea. And so today I did spend some time with the kettlebells again, doing these slow lifts, slow and controlled, um, very few movements, not too many, but making sure that I'm spending probably four seconds per rep down, up or down, whatever way that it begins and then ends. So it's eight seconds total is typically what these uh, these reps are taking. And I found uh, if I do 20 to 30 minutes of that, it sounds like a lot of time, but it's not. It's just, and it's actually, I would say it's a lot easier to get the slow moving kettlebell workout in than it is to get any other type of workout in. And the reason why is that you can start very slow. You're not getting your heart rate up very uh, quickly. Uh, it's not intense. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit gentler. Despite the heaviness, it's still gentler. Okay, what about this uh, Graham Hancock and Randall Carson? So these guys are actually quite uh, famous, and same with uh, Graham, Graham Hancock being probably, uh, I would say, more famous of the two. But he's been around longer, I guess. Uh, he wrote Fingerprints of the Gods, in which um, they they talk about uh, how the pyramids. Kind of um, how uh, might might be even more ancient than they're supposed to be, or sorry, not more ancient, but that the ideas going into them are more ancient than we know and understand them to be. So the the, the pyramids were built at a certain time, but they were utilizing knowledge that has been lost to us. One of the more famous, there's two sort of major claims about the the pyramids. Number one, that they're sort of like a uh, an ancient nuclear reactor sort of thing where it somehow focuses the sun or the star power and uh, goes in through the uh, the pyramids in some gateway pathway or whatever it is and generates uh, power that way. The other one is the argument of how did they move the stones into place? Uh, and Graham Hancock goes on about this. and he's, he, They were on Joe Rogan recently talking about this, uh, that they could be using sound resonance to move the stones. And they talk about how, you know, this information was, this, this knowledge has been lost to us. So that's like the Great Pyramids 5,000, like 5,000 BC or so. The ancient Greeks had a similar theory that there's the musical spheres. And so the idea being that uh, everything has a resonance to it. And if you can, if you know the resonance and you can match that resonance, you can move objects, which is like, you're kind of like, you're thinking telekinesis sort of thing. But imagine that, Telekinesis being that you're in lock, in your you're in lockstep with the resonance of the universe with matter, and you're able to then resonate all the atoms between your thought and the object that you want to move, and then moving the object like that. So that that's one interpretation of telekinesis, uh, and of um, 
resonance, like moving things by sound. Uh, the way that the they sort of argue that the ancient Egyptians moved the pyramidal, uh, the pyramid stones, and then even like the ancient Greeks, is that they were actually playing music, and that by music or singing chants and stuff like that, think prayers. Think like we're talking Christian church, Catholic church, God type prayers in which, you know, your faith will move mountains. If you can sing it, if you can hum it, if you can encant it in the right way, in the proper way, with all the faith of the, the universe behind it, your faith can move mountains. So the, again, the idea that you can say something and your words will have resonance, literally, and move stuff. Great idea. I have some questions about that. Uh, actually, I have some skepticism about it. What would my question be? I guess the question would be, why did we lose that information? How could something like that be lost? And for all of our current knowledge, why aren't we able to do that now? Now, this had me thinking again about how something like this could go forward, uh, could happen over the next, like, with our, within our lifetimes, as people talk about the sort of, uh, I guess, the inflection point of how many transistors can you fit on a chip, right? On a system on a chip, like all the, it, there's been an argument that the digital realm can only go so far, and the next sort of major step would be organic. So that is, instead of using digital hardware, manufactured hardware, like digital circuitry and plastics and stuff like that, instead we actually start growing components, growing matter, organisms that are used to store information and to do the, like basically the processing of what a computer does. Uh, fascinating idea. So basically I, the idea would be that you could grow a second brain to store all your photos. Uh, sounds great. Uh, sounds awesome. Uh, the issue is that how you do it. Second of all, I mean, for all the arguments about, you know, AI sentience and ro the robotic wars, you know, and how they're all going to kill us. Well, you know, and even using lab mice for experimentation. What if you grow a hard drive brain, a brain for a hard drive? I mean, does that thing have human rights and interests as well? Can, can you abort it? Can you unplug it? Is it unfair to the brain matter? Uh, and what type of matter would it be used? So th this is actually kind of fascinating because uh, sidestepping that, that argument altogether, one of the ideas would be is that instead of using electrodes and poking into the matter, poking into our brains and our uh, skin and everything, is that rather than doing that, rather, kind of like how plants uh, can set roots into soil, even though it's like they've fallen off from another part of the plant, um, and that your your body can regenerate to a certain extent, but not always, uh, being able to take another piece of matter and applying it to I don't know, your temples, let's put it that way, uh, something like that, your temples, uh, your your forehead or whatever. And so instead of these, like, you know, spikes going into your head, these uh, these fine needles, which kind of sounds kind of uncomfortable to tell you the truth, uh, rather you'd have an organic matter that gets pasted onto your temple and can be peeled off as well. But with that, it forms a bond that then can communicate with your brain waves, right? So that seems seems kind of wacky, seems kind of crazy, but at the same time, how would you ever merge digital with uh, organic? 
this is this is a big issue. I mean, they did manage to go analog to digital. That's kind of cool. Analog recording to digital recording. Uh, so that that's kind of a, it seems simple now. But imagine trying to figure that out, right? Like that you could do that. Uh, and so next step, I mean, in 20 years, will we see organic hard drives being released, uh, organic brain interfaces that can be bought, you know, issued by Apple, Samsung, Google, whoever, whoever's sort of around at that time, uh, and uh, they're issuing new technology this way. And then with that, being able to use your thoughts to resonate sound, blah, 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 moving stuff, telekinesis, sound resonance, moving cups from like, oh, I just don't want to get up to get that cup. So zap, bing, into my hand. No movie magic effects at all, rather just my thoughts. And of course, remember I did mention this a, couple, a little while ago. So one of the things that us old folks, and I mean like us young folks who are going to be old in 20, 30 years, and you know how uh, you know old people are kind of, I uh, suspect a lot of people, you know, sort of look at older people who can't figure out technology very quickly to be old. Um, you know, how do I use Google? How do I use email? Things like that. That is going to happen to us when this organic matter comes out. Now, I mean, I, I kind of have fully intend not to ever be sort of that old man who doesn't know how to use this stuff. But that assumes that along the way in the next 20 to 30 years that I will keep abreast of the technology so that I'm never so far behind that I just don't know what's going on, right? Is that That's the idea anyway. Whether or not it happens, maybe I'll get sick of technology and go, you know what, I'm going to travel through Central or maybe not Central Africa, but uh, like West Africa and find a local tribe that doesn't really have any of this stuff or maybe even go off grid somewhere else in Oceania or maybe even back in Canada, just go off grid, you know, it'll be that one house, oh, that's Syracuse Place. Yeah, it's a dead zone. <laughs> Nothing goes on there. I, I mean, we see him, but he's not connected in so many ways. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Have a great weekend. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensersky.com. Hope you're having a good one. And uh, yes, uh, sorry for the uh, video live feeds. <clears throat> my computer doesn't seem to want to do it uh, as easily as it used to, so I might have to figure out some other way to do that. Anyway, um, if you haven't yet, you can sign up to my newsletter on Substack, stevensersky.substack.com. Uh, every, week, uh, every weekend, I've, I've decided to send out a uh, uh, sort of a weekly wrap up of all these different episodes and some of the other clips and stuff like that that uh, come along um, along the way. I've included in that newsletter. I've also included uh, an audio sort of introduction to every newsletter, so that if you don't want to sit there and scan through it very quickly, uh, you can just listen to it as well. But I know since the newsletter gets sent to your email, it's actually very nicely formatted. I've been trying it out for the last couple of weeks. Um, so all the, the videos and the links and the, the audio files are all embedded in the email and they go right to your e uh, email inbox. You don't have to go to an external link or anything. It's actually kind of neat. Um, kind of happy I'm, I've started it. Uh, and at some point I will have this all working together where the newsletter is out, uh, the videos are up on YouTube and everything and, uh, everything will sort of work smoothly. <laughs> uh, if I wasn't so busy, right? Well, after December 7th, after the Delta exam is done, I might have a little bit more time. But then again, I thought Delta 
after Delta was going to be China's, Chinese HSK-5, right? All right, we'll leave it there, folks. Show notes and tracks up on my website, Stephen Sersky, once again, stephensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We will have another chit-chat soon. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Bye-bye.